Hello and welcome to the Studs Monitoring Podcast. Each week, our team of policy experts will be bringing you these short 15 to 20 minute audio briefings on a range of subjects and sectors, helping you to understand the policy behind the politics. Parliament is in recess until the 13th of April. Political parties are beginning to launch their campaign posters for elections on the 6th of May, and we're even being treated to photos of political leaders in high-vis jackets at various nondescript building sites. Truly, nature is healing. I'm Laura Hutchinson, and in today's podcast, we are going to be discussing these elections on the 6th of May. And joining me to do so, I am delighted to be joined by two Joshuas, First up, we have Josh Grundy, who is Dodds' senior political consultant for local government and communities. And we are also very lucky to have a, with us today for his podcasting debut, Josh Martin, who is our UK monitoring content specialist, who's going to talk us through a lot of the polling. Um, so welcome both. And uh, I'm afraid I, I'm going to have to refer to you both as with your full names throughout this just to avoid confusion. Um but Josh Grundy, I'm going to come to you first. Um, so obviously most people know, I think, that there are elections on the 6th of May. But, you know, where exactly are these elections taking place and, and what kind of issues are people voting on here? Morning, Laura, and thank you for having me on. Um, so, yes, as we know, the election is taking place on the 6th of May. And around the country, there's going to be a range of elections. So we have different council elections. Um, police and crime commissioner elections in addition to the mayoral combined authority elections which are all taking place on the same day this is in addition to for example the Hartlepool by much spoken about Hartlepool by election which is also taking place at the same time so earlier this year in January there was a lot of discussion about whether they were going to take place because of the pandemic they were of course supposed to take place last year but in line with social distancing and everything else they were postponed um, but Boris Johnson did confirm in February and the Cabinet Office that they would be taking place um, in line with the government's targets of vaccinate all over 50s um, by the beginning of May. Um, so, yes, local elections are hugely important in deciding who runs local services. And if the pandemic has shown us anything, is that um, the hard work that councils have done up and down the country has been huge. So, in addition to the ordinary services they provide, um, they've also had to take on extra responsibilities in line with the government's response to the pandemic. So this could be anything from delivering food parcels to vulnerable residents in communities um, to helping with the Everyone In campaign with getting homeless uh, homeless people off the street or distributing government grants, um, which have a lot of the time has been done at a local level. Um, but yeah, so unlike national elections, local, um, local elections aren't uniform in the sense that different councils have different responsibilities. So if you look, uh, a lot of councils up and down the country use a two-tier system of county and district councils um, in the two-tier system. So county councils, for example, can be responsible for things like social care provision, roads, um, some schools, whilst district councils could be responsible for things like housing services and local tax collection like council tax and then you've also got unitary authorities who will usually provide a lot of these services together um, so it's important that people know what they're voting for and that differs based on where you are and what the structure is like um, and of course local council elections in England and Wales use first past the post um, another 
interesting set of elections taking place are the mayoral elections. So you've got these metro mayors who are directly elected leaders of combined authorities, and these are statutory bodies made up of local neighbouring authorities, usually covering like a city regions. So you've got the West Midlands, Birmingham, and London, etc. Um, and they use the supple a supplementary voting system. Now, in this election, I think it's over 12 million people will be voting for these mayors. Um, and these mayors are introduced as part of the government's devolution agenda. And the West Yorkshire Combined Authority um, will be voting for its first mayor in this election as well. Um, the reason I mention all this is um, uh, devolution has been a hot topic um, in local government for quite a long time. But in the last year, we were expecting devolution white paper. Um, where the government wanted to talk about setting out a new agenda for devolution um, to local areas, because um, of course these combined authorities not only have um, they well they have bigger, larger spending powers in the sense that they can be responsible for things like adult skills budgets and transport, um, so they're hugely important to local areas and regeneration, particularly coming out of this pandemic. And we've seen in the last year as well the the tensions between some local combined authority mayors and the government and a, a good example of that was the um the regional lockdowns we had back in the autumn um if you remember there was the whole situation where andy burnham speaking out against the government about funding and support etc so um your voting news in the in these elections is very important um that being said um some councils won't be voting in this election just one example the mhclg is running a consultation um on local government reorganisation in certain areas like Cumbria, North Yorkshire and Somerset. Um, so because of these consultations on the future of local government in these areas, um, the council elections for some of the, some of the councils anyway, doesn't necessarily include all like parish councils, but some of them will be rescheduled to next year. So yes, um, that is what is happening in May with the elections. Um, and it's going to be huge as well to also see how, um, I mean, this is the first big election since the 2019 general election where, um, you know, we get to see what people's views are on the political parties as we hopefully exit from the pandemic. Thank you so much, Josh. Um, and yes, I think most people seem to have sort of a, a grip on what's happening with the mayorals, but it was really good to hear um, your explanation there on what's happening with the local government elections and local authority ones, because I think that's just um, um, a maze, really, to navigate through. Um, so thanks so much. Um, you touched on it a little bit there, but obviously we are still in the midst of this pandemic. Um, how are the elections going to be sort of, you know, held held during the um, during the restrictions that we're we're still currently under, and how uh, are the government going to sort of go about ensuring that people are voters are kept safe? Yeah, thanks, Laura. So, yeah, it was just a huge topic of conversation, particularly at the start of the year when there was talks about whether they would happen or not. And um, obviously there was a will for them to happen, um, especially as, you know, things are seemingly improving in the pandemic. Um, but the government did lay out guidance. They, they began to lay out some guidance not that long ago. I think it was in March, a bit this month as well. Um, and basically... Um, there was rules on campaigning for one thing so a lot of the campaigning rules are in line with um, the national restrictions of lot of roadmap out of lockdown so for example um, you know you've got to keep two meters apart from each other not not to go into people's homes 
But in terms of going out, for example, canvassing, um, you're advised not to have too many campaigners on the same street. And as I mentioned, keeping distance, things like hustings are all to be done remotely. Um, and people campaigning should use things over the internet and phone more to help. In terms of election day, um, there's of course new concerns now in that um, you know, if somebody gets symptoms of the virus or comes into contact with someone who has the virus, you have to self-isolate, which could mean you may not be able to vote. So the government have amended certain legislation to mean that things like proxy voting, um, there can be more, in some circumstances, last-minute decisions on this if somebody has to self-isolate. Um, so that was very much taken into consideration in this approach to make the elections safe. And of course, postal votes still, um, you can still do that. Um, people can go to polling stations as well, where, of course, you have to just follow the normal social distancing measures. Um, but well, one thing that was interesting was um, the Cabinet Office published a written ministerial statement um, earlier in March about indemnity um, for returning officers and those who are actually working there on polling day itself. Um, so local election officials will be protected by the government on in case there is any problems of people getting ill with COVID on the watch of um, these local election officials on day and the cabinet officer, they're going to provide indemnity to cover returning officers and counting officers in England um, against claims relating to the virus, which um, I think was probably quite important for um, a lot of people because there are those concerns as well. Um, and this new insurance covers all elections and referendums between the 6th of May and I think up till May next year. So um be interesting to see how that goes. But yes, so they're, they're going ahead. The guidance is, is there. And um, I think a lot of people are being urged to, you know, especially those who have had to maybe shield throughout the pandemic or who are worried to apply for a postal vote. But yeah, they're going ahead and in a COVID secure way. Thank you very much, Josh. Um, that was really, really interesting. Um, Josh Martin, I wanted to come to you now um, to speak a bit on the polling. Um, I know, obviously, Josh uh, was just saying there about how, you know, gave a really good uh, description of how complicated the elections uh, are that are being held in May. But sort of, are there any polling on, on the elections and what sort of outcomes can we expect from, from these? Hi, Laura. Yeah, so as Josh was giving a really good explanation earlier, there are a lot of different elections going on at the moment. Um, we have polling for pretty much four that can give us a really good sort of understanding and some data that we can refer to in what the outcome may be. And those would be the Scottish Parliament, the Welsh Parliament, the London Mayor, and to an extent, the Hartlepool by-election as well. So to start with Scotland, the SNP are well in the lead with 50% of the constituency vote and 40% of the regional vote. Essentially, the outcome in Scotland is going to be very much a question of whether the SNP will win a majority or just narrowly miss out on it. And there's been some polling recently to suggest that it will be very close and potentially could go either way, uh, which will obviously have huge implications for Scotland and the rest of the country because the SNP have said if they do win a majority, that would be a clear mandate for a second independence uh, referendum. As for the other parties, the Conservatives and Labour could be in a close fight for second place. They're both hovering 
around 20% in both the constituency and regional polls. Conservatives just above 20, Labour just below it. Um, the Lib Dems are on roughly 5% in both constituency and region. The Greens are in the low single digits on the constituency, but then they're up to about 8 or 9% in the regional vote. Um, however, no polls have been released since the announcement of Alex Salmon's new party, Alba. So it remains to be seen how they'll do and what sort of impact that that's going to have on the election. Um, but yeah, basically looking like it will be a strong SNP performance and um, a question of whether they'll get a majority or not. Next, we've got Wales, which the polls are looking really interesting at the moment. And it looks like it's going to be a very, very close contest between Labour, the Conservatives and Plaid Cymru. So uh, Labour are just above 30% in both constituency and regional polls. Conservatives are about ban on 30% in both of them. And Plaid Cymru are in third at around 22%-ish in both constituency and region. And then you've got the minor parties, of course, um, you know, Lib Dems, Greens, Reform UK, the Abolish Welsh Assembly Party. Some of them could win seats, but it wouldn't be enough to influence the parliamentary majority, according to the polls. Likely result is going to be a hum parliament requiring two of the um, two of either Labour, the Conservatives or Plaid Cymru to agree a coalition or a confidence and supply agreement. We do know that the Welsh Conservative leader, Andrew R.T. Davies, has ruled out a coalition with Plaid Cymru and the Wales, uh, sorry, the Plaid Cymru leader, Adam Price, has ruled one out with Labour. And of course, it's difficult to imagine that Labour and the Conservatives would form a government. So the likely result here will be a hung parliament and some difficult compromises and negotiations ahead. In London, Sadiq Khan has got a sizable lead roughly about 50% and is looking very likely to be re-elected, potentially even in the first round, which hasn't happened in the London mayor elections before. The Conservative candidate, Sean Bailey, is at about 28%, which is uh, down from what Zach Goldsmith got in 2016. And then we've got the Lib Dems and the Greens, who are both sort of polling in the high single digits. Now, we don't know about the London Assembly, but I think based on the mayoral vote and also sort of generally the shift in London becoming more favourable towards Labour and less favourable towards the Conservatives since the Brexit referendum, we could interpret that as Labour are likely to perform better than they did in 2016 and the Conservatives worse. Um, so yeah, potentially could see some changes in seats there. And then really, I think the final sort of a local election that we've got polling for is the Hartlepool by-election. So we do have one poll from focal data a few days ago, but should caveat, it is just one poll and it's a constituency poll and they're very difficult to sort of get an accurate sense of what's going to happen. However, nevertheless, it did have Labour at 39%, which is roughly the same as what they got in the 2019 election. The Conservatives are at 36%, so they're up a couple of points from last time. Reform UK are down on 9%. Um, which is a lot less than what they got as the Brexit party in the last election. And the Greens, I think it's uh, worth saying as well, the Greens who didn't stand the candidate last time, and we don't know if they will this time um, as of yet, they would get 7% according to the poll. Um, so yeah, basically it looks like it will be a very close by-election between Labour and the Conservatives, a lot of media attention on it, because it is part of the Red Wall, and I think the result here will give us some indication on how the major parties are performing and how they're appealing to these sets of voters who are crucial 
at the last election and uh, will likely be crucial again next time around. That's a brilliant run through. Thank you, Josh. Um, so it sounds like the only clear uh, sort of win might be Sadiq Khan in London. Um, this uh, that was a really good run through of what of what the polls that we do know are showing. But I wonder if you could speak about sort of the elections that we perhaps don't have polling for. I mean, is there any indication of what to expect here, or is it just you know? an unknown and we'll find out on on the 7th of May. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, as Josh was saying earlier, there's a lot of other elections going on um, that unfortunately we don't have polling for. So these are the combined authority metro mayors, the local council elections and the police and crime commissioner elections. But I think something that we can do is we can take the current national UK polling and compare it to the results of these elections from 2016 and 2017 and we can sort of see what the difference is there. So currently the national polling average the Conservatives have got is that they're leading on about 43%, Labour are second about seven points behind roughly on 36% and the smaller parties are all in single digits. So in 2016 we had the Police and Crime Commissioner and some local council elections um, and I think we can expect some really interesting changes this time based on what happened before. So the projected vote in 2016 was 31% for Labour, 30% Conservative, 15% Lib Dem and 12%, 12 uh, sorry, for UKIP. So both Labour and the Conservatives are polling better now than they were back then. But I think the key one to note really is the UKIP figure. Obviously UKIP are no longer uh, polling at that sort of level. Um, and since the Brexit referendum, they've lost a lot of their voters to the Conservatives and, um, you know, their successor party, so to speak, the Brexit Party and Reform UK, haven't really won that many of them back. Um, so, yeah, I think we can see some interesting results there. Conservatives most likely to benefit and potentially gain some council seats and some uh, police and crime commissioners as well. Whereas in 2017... We had the combined authority, metro mayors and a couple of other local councils. I think the most important thing to think about here is that 2017 was quite a bad year for Labour. They received 27% um, projected of the national vote back then and the Conservatives got 38%. So Labour are polling better now than they were back then. So we could probably expect them to make some gains in the local councils. And as for the combined authorities... Um, there's quite a few. So Greater Manchester and Liverpool were held by Labour quite comfortably last time, very likely to be the same case this time around. Um, West Yorkshire is a new authority that's being set up and they're holding their election for the first time. Um, it's looking likely that Labour will win that based on the sort of demographics in that area and the way that constituencies and councils vote around there. And then Cambridgeshire and Peterborough was a relatively comfortable one for the Conservatives last time. So they should retain that in theory. But the three that will be really, really interesting and that should be close will be the West of England, Tees Valley and West Midlands, all three of which were very close last time as well. So according to a Labour insider who was quoted in the Guardian article back in January, they are saying that they don't expect to win Tees Valley because the Conservative incumbent there is quite popular 
and the region as a whole has shifted more towards the Conservatives since then. Um, they do feel more comfortable about the West of England combined authority though, so that's the Bristol metro area. Um, and then finally we've got the West Midlands. Um, the West Midlands I think really could be an interesting one and could go either way. The incumbent Conservative Andy Street won by less than 1% last time, there was only about 4,000 votes separating him from the Labour candidate and Labour this time have got Liam Byrne running. Um, it should be an interesting one and I think it really could go either way. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much how things stand at the moment. There's about one month to go until the elections happen, so a lot can obviously change in the polls. But yeah, I think the um, local elections in England will be quite a mix. Some good results for the Conservatives, some good results for Labour. And I think ultimately, given the media attention that will be on the Hartlepool by-election, uh, the result there will probably set the narrative about which party has performed better. That's brilliant. Thank you, Josh. That was such a good run through of, um, of what perhaps to expect. I know we know polling is um, taken with a pinch of salt at the moment. Um, but thank you both, uh, Josh Martin and Josh Grundy there uh, for that really good uh, overview on, on what to expect in May. Um, I should say as well that Dodds is producing, um, has already produced a big uh data package of, of candidate data and uh, a bit around the May elections as well. So um, if you're interested in that or you're not already a Dodds monitoring client uh, and you think you or your business could benefit from getting up to date, tailored and cutting edge political intelligence, uh, then please do get in touch uh, by emailing customer.service at doddsgroup.com or calling us on 0207 593 5500. Until next time, take care and stay safe.